Good morning. It's Tuesday the 30th and I'm Govindraj Ethiraj with the core report coming to you from Mumbai, India's financial capital and most rocking city in the world. Here are our two quick reports and theme the hmm section and conversations of the day where we get interesting insights on pressure cookers. Bank stocks are racing away to levels never seen before even as the Reserve Bank of India governor says they've caught governance lapses. Theme: How North and South Indians have different pressure cookers and fans, and the challenges of building scale with such consumer diversity. My conversation with Bajaj Electrical CEO Anuj Podar. And hmm, an airline offers a generous salary hike to its pilots. Just one hitch: it's been grounded for almost a month. This is a core report with Govindraj Ethiraj. Bank stocks go through the roof. A few months ago, a CEO of a fairly large private sector bank told me that they were doing so well that they were actually worried that something would go wrong. This has been an amazing run in the last few years, he told me, but I'm worried that something is going to blow up. To put things in context, Indian public sector banks posted a net loss of about 85,000 crores in 2017-18. Last year or 22-23, they posted profits of 104,649 crores or 1,4649 crores with a 57% jump in the last year itself, according to a study posted by news agency PTI. So broadly, since last year, despite rate hikes, banks have benefited from good net interest margins, strong credit demand, including from companies who in turn have spent on capital expenditure as well as sought working capital. Not surprisingly, perhaps, Bank stocks are running away. The bank Nifty index hit a fresh all-time high of 44,483 on Monday with almost all major bank stocks zooming ahead. Interestingly, just as bank stocks were setting Dalal Street on fire, the Reserve Bank governor, whose office is a 10-minute walk away from Dalal Street, said the Reserve Bank had come across gaps in corporate governance in certain banks and cautioned them that they should not allow these gaps to creep in. During our course of our supervisory process, certain instances of using innovative ways to conceal the real status of stressed loans have also come to our notice, the governor said at a conference of directors of banks organized by the Reserve Bank itself for public sector banks. He added, thankfully, that the gaps have been mitigated, but that it was necessary that boards and managements do not allow this to happen again. Was he referring to public sector banks or private sector banks or both? Well, I don't know. But a statement like this at a time when the party is at full throttle is ominous to say the least. And bank stocks are also soaring away with the rest of the stock markets, which have now touched a five-month high. On Monday, the Sensex rose 524 points to hit an intraday high of 63,026 and closed at 62,846, while the Nifty ended at 18,598, up 99 points. More significantly and interestingly, the Sensex is now just 737 points away from its all-time high of 63,583 and the Nifty is just 289 points away from its all-time high of 18,887. And India is back in the top five markets in the world, surpassing France and with its market capitalization touching $3.3 trillion. To return to bank and bank stocks and to understand what's really going on, I caught up with G. Chokalingam, founder of Economics Research, and began by asking him the reason behind this exuberance. 
and its implications for the broader market. When the whole economic growth has slowed down and many sectors have started posting uh, stagnation or single-digit uh, business growth, it is only banking sector which is posting uh, strong double-digit growth. That's mainly because of three reasons. One, the credit growth during pandemic time, it has come down as low as around 5%. Now it has picked up to around 15% year-on-year, which is 10-year record high, which is unbelievable, you know. Second, the quality of assets. Last three to four quarters, there has been a consistent improvement in the quality of assets in the sense net NPA percentage has been coming down consistently. And that also has hit, you know, 10-year peak in terms of quality, which means the net NPA percentage has hit a 10-year low for most banks. This is the second reason. Third, a lot of companies went through NCLT and it was estimated and officially that the recovery through NCLT has been phenomenal in uh, FI23. Now, in addition to these three factors, I firmly believe that the interest rate is at peak in India. You know, maximum at best only 25 basis or 50 basis can happen further hike. But otherwise, we are on the peak of the interest rate cycle. Not only in India, same view I hold uh, for US market. So that is another reason for investors to continue to chase the banking stocks. So these are the strong fundamental stocks. And this financial year also, the banking sector would be tough performer uh, in terms of business growth and also on stock market. Right. And and I think you said that uh, this is a 10-year low for non-performing assets. That means uh, that the quality of assets is so strong. Yes. Right. Okay. uh, My next question is, you know, so this also is in the context of the overall markets looking so strong. So we are very close to an all-time high once again. And we've seen a calendar high on Monday. So is one driving the other or uh, are both going up? Uh, You know, there are two factors. As you mentioned, since the banking sector is doing well, uh, the whole market is partly helped by the banking sector. As all of us know, uh, more than one-fourth of the weight is given to the banking and financial. But other driving factor for the market is a set of economic factors. Now, except the deceleration goods exports and deceleration in FDI inflow uh, and overall slowdown GDP growth, if you look at most other economic factors, macroeconomic factors, they are quite rosy as compared to many other economies. Whether you take the service sector exports or you take a capex of the government or private sector or banking credit growth, quality of assets of the banking sector, then the volume handled by the ports and railways, then two crop, Karip and Rabi, they were very phenomenal. And in fact, the government expects record level of food grain production this year. So whole set of economic factors are also contributing to the reversal of optimism. And this is supported by consistent fall in the inflation rate, both retail and wholesale in the last few months. So therefore, two set of factors are driving the market. One, macroeconomic factors, and then the banking sector fortunes. And this is likely to continue in the FI24. And how are you seeing it for the rest of the calendar year or for that matter, the financial year? I am pretty confident on the rest of the calendar year more than on the whole of financial year because of the general election in 24. The bullishness should continue till November, December, except two possible risk factors. If there is any war in Taiwan, yes, we will also be affected uh, very, very badly. Also, if monsoon fails miserably, marginal deviation we can manage because agricultural sector share in the GDP is 17-18%. Within that, irrigated land accounts for you know, quite significant. So only if a miserable failure of monsoon is there, then it can affect the market through inflation. 
so otherwise i see the optimism continuing till uh, uh, december uh, another possible factor by any chance uh, the ruling party loses before uh, general election substantially in states like mp then that could give a temporary setback to the market but otherwise the optimism should continue for the market now to pressure cookers and indian consumers Does your pressure cooker in the house have its lid inside or outside? What color is your fan? Now before I explain the reasons for these questions, some background. The Mumbai headquartered Bajaj Electricals reported a top line of 5429 crore rupees and profits of 216 crore rupees for the year ended 2223. For the year before that, the numbers were 4813 crores and net profits of 124 crores. Bajaj Electricals has three key divisions consumer products which include a wide range of kitchen and home appliances which you most likely have seen lighting and EPC or engineering procurement and construction the company surprised analysts with better than expected results in its last quarter with a 32% jump in net profits in a fairly tough market thanks to higher sales of consumer durables like fans and air coolers interestingly now a fan is not a fan everywhere in india nor are pressure cookers for that matter all of which have a play on the company's ability to scale and grow i spoke with bajaj electricals managing director and ceo anuj poddar and began by asking him to narrate the pressure cooker story you know when you say localization it's not one india we're dealing with it's multiple indias as we all see right and therefore i'll just give you a basic uh, appliances or gadgets that we deal with why it's so difficult and pressure cooker one thinks a pressure cooker is a pressure cooker is a pressure cooker has probably been a standard product how different can it be and growing up in mumbai city i always saw this pressure cooker with a lid that goes inside and shuts off but as i got into the business i realized actually there's two fundamental types of pressure cooker one with a lid outside all of south india actually has a lid outside and then north india east india and part of west india has a lid inside and that's not a small difference because it fundamentally alters you know the molds the supply chain the r&d everything about that product and there's a reason why consumers in different parts of the country use that differently let me give you two other interesting examples in this one take you know roti and chai these are two basic things that every indian household has i think you know chai almost i don't know if not every at least 150 million households will be consuming chai and at least 100 million households will be consuming roti and yet you don't have a successful roti maker or a chai machine you have coffee machines but not chai and that tells you something that every single home not home every family member you know home has a different preference for chai and they have different styles of rotis and to try and harmonize that common you know templateize that is almost next to impossible and the indian consumers far more discerning far more particular about his or her preferences than we tend to imagine right and and pressure cookers you have a brand called majesty for the south and uh, handi for the north is that correct uh, these are more series i wouldn't call it a brand uh, but you know these are some differentiators that we use right and you have a similar observation on ceiling fans Yes, absolutely. So again, you know the the different metrics that people use or consumers use in different parts of India. In South, the most common question you ask is, "What is the RPM of the fan?" Which is resolution per <laughs> minute. Because they just want a fast fan, and they think that's a better fan. North, you know, is not necessarily the same metric. In South, they want highly colorful fans. Again, not the same in the North. I'm generalizing, of course, but these are very acute, uh, you know, differences in different parts of the country. Right and and for you as a company how do you then respond to these different kinds of consumer behavior or consumer preferences because you obviously derive let's say efficiency in scale 
which by definition you would find it difficult the moment you start creating differentiated products so you know going that's a very good question because we of course want to understand a consumer listen to the consumer act on the consumer insight and give the consumer as personalized a product as we can possibly at the same time building a business of scale by definition requires us to have some commonality some platform on which we're building the scale right therein lies the challenge or the trade off really for us the example i like to use is mcdonald's versus chef sagar let's say right mcdonald's can be large because they have a very simple product you know it's a two piece of bread and a patty that goes in and the personalization can only be to the level of the patty that goes in but they can't have a 100 product menu unlike a chef sagar you walk into that they have like 100 products on the menu there's no way they can be a, you know large scale business and that's the example i used to simplify our business that how can we deal with all of these different consumer insights different needs for you know products and then what's the lowest common denominator that we can you know bring that down to and while yet creating a perception of personalization on that by small tinkering not by fundamental you know alteration of the product and that trade off is not easy so that's a confluence we'd like to have but that's what we keep you know trying to balance out right and and let me uh, come to how the things are in the market right now you've just announced your results uh, last week the top 1% in your own words is consuming in this country but the median is not looking as good and that perhaps is the challenge is your response to launch a premium brand uh, one way of addressing this dichotomy absolutely so you know to be honest we'd have done that any which way because that is a gap in our portfolio we are premiumizing as a company and we by strategic you know intent we've launched a premium brand but in terms of timing clearly you are seeing a economy where the premium class is consuming and by premium we are talking about a very small sliver of you know premium uh, consumer segment right at the top of the pyramid but there's a large you know not just bottom of the pyramid but middle of the pyramid that is probably not exhibiting the same trends right and i call this out because or rather let me say we've been struggling with the gdp data on the one side and then actual consumption trends on the other side not correlating to each other for almost 6 to 8 quarters in 3 quarters ago we said no there's something's not right because these two things are not actually aligning together and then you know the answer lay in there the gdp which is also seen in the nature of you know per capita income was on the one side all showing very robust growth trends but why is that not translating consumption was a question and the per capita income as we realized or as i realized is only an average figure it's not a median figure so it's completely skewed by the top end or you know uh, the rich class really getting richer what i would really like to see which unfortunately is not available right now is the median per capita income and that to my mind would be a better proxy for how is the average indian average consumer average citizen faring faring on a affluence or economy level i mean we see that the second data that we have been looking at therefore is the jobs data again the jobs data just to throw in numbers used to consistently cross 90 million in the 2017 to 2019 period since then it has never crossed uh, 90 million of course it took a mat- massive dip during covid but it's hovered around 70 80 million we are significantly off the 90 million mark that we used to be so these two metrics is what i now look at more closely to try and gauge when we might see a bounce back in consumption hmm go first the airline owned by the wadia group who also own britannia the food company which makes biscuits among other things and bombay dyeing clothing today offer to hike salaries for its pilots captains and first officers would be paid an additional 100000 rupees and 50000 rupees from june 1st 
This would be paid to pilots who are on the airline's payroll as on May 31st and willing to withdraw their tendered resignation letters by June 15th. There is one small hitch though, which is that GoFirst is technically bankrupt and grounded and has not flown since the 2nd of May. GoFirst has been admitted under the voluntary insolvency resolution process, which is still on. If things shape up as per the present progress plan, it won't take long before we will be flying again, which will also enable us to be regular on salary payments. The airline is believed to have told pilots in an email seen by Bloomberg News. Meanwhile, a report in the Business Standard said about 200 GoFirst pilots have joined Air India, with 75 of them even starting training yesterday. Air India held walk-in interviews for pilots in Bengaluru, Delhi and Mumbai within days of GoFirst cancelling flights. Air India said then it had got more than 700 applications to its recruitment advertisement. Just to put it out there, a few years ago, the situation was exactly the opposite with Air India floundering and pilots heading out to various different airlines. Other airlines, meanwhile, have been having a field day in the last month, with fares shooting up sharply on sectors that GoFirst was flying, including the high-traffic Mumbai-Delhi sector. Well, that's it for me for now. See you tomorrow, same time. Thanks for listening. This was The Core Report with me, Govindraj Ethiraj. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at The Core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter at www.thecore.in. That is www.thecore.in. Or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook as well. Now, we would love your feedback on how we can make business more interesting and relevant to you, including our reporting on India's vibrant manufacturing sector. Write to us at feedback at the core dot in. Thank you for listening.